DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Revan Scarter, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm awesome. So you have uh, quite a unique um, thing going on. You have the wilderness table um, approach with you. you're actually a chef. So I just wanted to talk about all this because I'm super interested in outdoors and, um, you know, cooking any kind of, you know, fresh game. So mm-hmm. I just let's just jump into how you got into this. Like, how does this even happen? Yeah, I so I grew up in Southern California and I definitely was not born and raised in hunting, like the exact opposite. Like my mom's like the PETA donation person, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, so for, I'm definitely the black sheep. So I didn't have like my dad to teach me how to hunt or anything. It wasn't like, it wasn't like that. I got into it into adulthood. So I've been a chef for uh, many, many years now, but it was um, in culinary school. I raised chickens for, like my own myself and then loved them, you know, from an egg and then slaughtered them. And <laughs> it was, you know, I had names. I would go out and put them on pasture. And then I like sat there that evening after that day, after the day I slaughtered them and just, just sat there crying because it was like the best chicken I had ever had in my whole entire life. I sat on my apartment floor, like crying because, you know, like <laughs> I raised them. And, yeah. and then it was just gave me a, that gave me a real feel for where my food comes from. And we should, as chefs, respect a protein because that was actually a life. And so to handle it properly in the kitchen and just give it more care and make sure you're preparing it properly and don't F it up, so to speak, you know? And then I was teaching at my alma mater. I became a culinary chef instructor and I was teaching the restaurant. So it's like the students, it's the restaurant is the last place they go and they learn how to run a a real restaurant. And so I would teach them how to design menus and we would go to like local farmers markets and and then I started diving like into where, where does our meat come from? And then I did some product development for like manufacturers of, of protein and I've seen behind the scenes and I didn't like what I saw. Like, I yeah. just didn't think that I, I think our food system needs to change. And actually at that point I, I considered being a lawyer because I wanted to actively do change and do good. And then if you see who you're up against, namely a company called Monsanto. Well, if you don't have enough money to go up against it, how can we actually do that? So then I decided the big thing was convince people that's ultimately what we can do. So then I just decided to start going hunting. I'm like, forget it. I'm going to just go out and harvest it myself, kill it myself. And Lo and behold, moved to Georgia and where it's like more acceptable here. Yeah. <laughs> and um, six months later, I was getting a doe with like my first with a bow and I just haven't stopped since then. And it's just, and then back then there wasn't a very good database of wild game recipes or how to handle it or right. what to do or what not to do. And I was like, yes, I could grow a backstrap and I know how to make a popper, but it's really, it was really sad that we didn't have beautiful recipes to go along with such amazing meat. Yeah. So then I just created wilderness, a table, just like documenting what I was making and psh, <laughs> it kind of <laughs> flew up. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. I got it. Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to go on a rant about that because there's so many, um, there's literally so many things that people just are restricted to one way of cooking 
a piece of game, right? Like, and, and that's mm-hmm. it. And like, they never try anything different. They never do anything. And I know you do all those things. So I want to talk about that. Well, how did you get into how, so before, before this, like, how did you get to become a chef? Like, what was the the scene there? Like, did you, did you grow up cooking? Is it something you decided to do later in life? <laughs> I think, I, I think I'm totally the black sheep of my family because I did not grow up cooking so to speak like I remember getting frozen meals like that was like <laughs> no offense mom I love you mom but she would serve frozen meals she was not the cook at all I mean she has her staple three dishes you know or whatever but yeah. um I kind of always wanted that family around the table and mom makes dinner type of thing because I hated frozen meals and so I remember when I was about to graduate high school I exactly remember the freeway on ramp that me and my dad were on and he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, can I go to culinary school? And he's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you need to go get a real degree. And then I was like, fine. So then I ended up going to college, getting two degrees, hated being in a cubicle, just absolutely hated it. And then went, finally went to culinary school, figured out why, because it's expensive. <laughs> I probably didn't want to pay for that. And then um, I, yeah, so then it was that I was actually working as a hostess at a restaurant and and did weaseled my way back into the pastry department and then decided to go to culinary school. Like this is what I wanted to do. and I've been doing it ever since. And I'm just, yeah, it's just my thing. I love it. So what was the first thing you did after you got out of culinary school? Like what was the first project or first job you had cooking? Um, I've primarily worked in fine dining. So my first big fine dining one was working under chef Charlie Palmer. Okay. And that's like a whole nother, like there's so many people that go to culinary school and then they just, they get out and they just go into like a franchise, you know, job and then never really Mm -hmm. get to like use their artistic abilities or anything really. I've seen that a lot, you know? So that's awesome that you, and that makes sense to why your layout of everything is so beautiful. (laughs) I think, yeah. You don't see much country folk cooking wild game that looks, it's usually not very preventable. It tastes good, but it doesn't look good, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I catch myself. I have to dumb it down, dumb it down, but make it homey. Yeah. I know what you so mean. That people will actually want to cook it and not be off put just by the way I've plated. Yeah. But now I think I'm altering it back to my roots. I'm like, why am I hiding my roots? Like, why yeah. am I not highlighting not very many wild game chefs are from fine dining. So no. why don't I highlight it? So I'm going back to, to that slowly you'll see in my feed and on the site. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about that. Let's go back to um, basically the, you know, different recipes of all this the type. I, I mean, just any examples you have, but I mean, like, look, I'm from Louisiana. So m- most people here, and I'm sure you know this there too, like they just fry backstrap, right? Like they just, yeah. that's, that's all they want, like of a deer. And like, there's so much more you can do with venison. And the same thing with like fish, it's like, oh, we're going to fry this, you know, fry that. We're going to fry it. There's so many things you can do. And like, especially with like a tenderloin and, you know, oh my God, just all the things that people just don't do, you know, they just, so, I mean, I just want to talk about that. I mean, really, because I, there's so many, there's so many different animals and, you know, game and wild game and anything that's like underutilized to what, you know, you can yeah. do with it. So yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Well, my favorite underutilized part on say like a white tail is yeah. the neck. Like, oh, oh my God, it is the most amazing meat. And really 
Like all you got to do is put it in the crock pot and like put some stock, like even beef stock or chicken stock or whatever you have and just like, let it go. You leave, leave it on the bone, right? Leave it on the bone. Yeah. And yes, just yes, like, yes. or bone it out. It doesn't really matter, yeah. but it's the most beautiful meat. And we're always like just tossing it. I'm like, no, what are you doing? It's, it's, it's probably my favorite cut of the deer hands down. So that's always missed, but I love doing cuts that people don't really see. And then you've got to also, if you're, when you're out hunting, it's really, it, it can be offsetting for some people because I think of it as like, what do I want from this animal? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nope, I want to French that rack. So you have to add, like, if you're doing it yourself or you take it to a, um, a butcher or a processor, you know, you have to ask them for certain cuts because I'm very picky. If I don't have time to do it myself, I, I am make sure, making sure I'm getting like the shanks and everything like yeah. that. Because I don't have typically I have a bone saw in the field, <laughs> so it's much easier <laughs> to cut shanks on a bone saw. But um, so yeah, I kind of look at the animal like, what am I going to do with it ahead of time? And if it's just like you know you're culling anything, then obviously it's like, well, there's some grind and sausage, and <laughs> but then I like to save some for higher end cuts, uh, like a ro like a rib roast or a crown roast or thing like things like that. Those are always fun. Yeah. Well, it's just what disappoints me is like people say like. And it's, it's always been this way with venison. Like, you know, it's like people get it and then they think they have to soak it in something and marinate it and then, and then fry. I'm just like, it's, you're, you're just doing all these things to alter the actual taste of the animal because you think yeah. like it's too gamey. Well, you're not cooking it properly. Or you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Like, because right, right. I've had you know, a fresh piece of tenderloin literally straight to the smoker and straight to the plate. And it's beautiful. If, if it tastes fucking delicious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it has like, a, the gamey flavor actually has not a lot of people understand where it comes from. It has a lot to do with your shot one. Yeah. Was it, was it, did, did the animal expire quickly? And then yeah. that's going to make your meat excellent. If yeah. it ran and you had to like do a double shot on it, then it, that the adrenaline's going, the, the hormones are pumping and you're going to get that in your meat. So you have to know how the animal expired in order to know how to handle it in the pan. Yeah. So you can offset some of that gaminess that's due to the adrenaline by marinating it ahead of time or like, or bad processing. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, that's a big that, issue. That is also, a very big issue. Um, it yeah. really is. There's so many people that, you know, you know, drop their deer off with someone and then they don't know if they're getting their same meat back. And these people are taking in so many animals at one time and not doing the, the due process of what it's supposed yeah. to be to harvest, you know, these things once they've been gutted and clean, you know, skin and everything. So like, yeah, I mean, you see it so much and people get a bad taste in their mouth if they try the wrong thing from someone, you know, because most, right. it's not like we can go to the store and buy these things. So it's like someone gives you here, here's some, you know, here's some backstrap or here's some tender last steaks or here's some ground meat and they right. try it and they're like, it's horrible. It's, it could be that too, you know? Yeah. And it's really kind of sad because yeah, you can take a bad piece of meat, but if you know, if you just ask a few questions and you know, you can just fix it in the pan and then it still becomes beautiful meat. Like you still shouldn't throw it away. And that's yeah. the sucky thing is, it's like people who don't really try venison. They try a very, very gamey, bad process, badly shot animal. And then it throw, totally throws them off. And it's kind of a bummer because you're like, oh, well, you're, you're, wait, you're like 
So we're really missing out, actually. <laughs> the I have some family members I cook for a lot. I cook a lot, and like this is like a passion, like a passion of mine. And I have like a little catering business where I do a lot of barbecue and stuff. But I do a lot of wild game too in this. And like I have family members that refuse to eat deer meat, but I feed them that, and they don't know they're eating. This <laughs> <laughs> is like my family when they come over. What animal am I eating yeah. first? <laughs> yeah. Well, what about? Um, Man, there's so many. Like I, I get, I, I could go on a tangent, literally. So, what do you see the most underutilized animals? Like where, like, because people mess up, they mess up all types of things. They, they really mess up duck. Like I get aggravated with people who waste, you know, duck meat. Like, Ducks a hard one to waste. I mean, right, it's but they really do. being careless. I know. I think yeah, it's just and they do it with dove too. You know, it's like yeah, wrap it, put some uh, cream cheese and wrap. Like no, there's so many things you can do with it. Like so, let's talk about this. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite dishes that I actually made from my cookbook was a brown butter braised quail. And it's so easy to do when you're utilizing the whole quail and you can either spatchcock it to like make it to cook faster, but what is that? It de- it's delicious. That? What, what did you say? So spatchcock is you just remove the spine and okay. then it lays flat. Okay. And gotcha. so it, the breasts are flat and then the legs are out. Um, super easy to do on quail and you can just like pa- uh, pan saute them and I just brown a little bit butter, which is you just heat the butter until it turns a little bit brown with the quail. And it's phenomenal. And it's just, it's like, all you need is salt and butter and quail and something so simple can be so delightful. And that, I mean, obviously the recipe I have in my book is, has more additions to that. But like, if you're in the field, you have butter, salt, you can make an amazing meal out of the whole quail. Yeah. What about, what about fish? That's another oh. thing that everyone just fries. You know what I mean? I was hoping you were going to ask that. Because oh, hell yeah. look, speaking look, of all hoes barred, I want you to, I want you to unload on me all these things. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. You know, like uh fish are, I think almost more underutilized than land animals, so to speak, because there's marrow, there's fish heads. Do you know how good fish heads are? You can no, use the bones for stock. Oh, they're they're exceptional, by the way. You should always save the fish heads and okay. then just smoke them and like pick out the meat. If you can get chopsticks, just try, kind of just like get in there. I mean, and you have the collar and the cheeks and like, there's so much to that fish. You can even like make, I've seen it, haven't done it yet. I've done, but I really want to do it is where you get the scales and make gelatin. So you can like really make gummy bear or, you know, I, I would use it as like a topping on a creme brulee and like do a little gelatin, like a raspberry gelatin with fish scales, but that's on my things to do list. (laughs) I'll keep you posted. Um, but you know, we throw away so much of the fish that gets wasted. I mean, I have a video on salmon and then I used the salmon for the stock. I make a salmon tartare and I even use the skin to make a taco because I am the taco queen. I love the taco, but I use the skin and fry it up and make a taco shell. And it's amazing. So I items that are that. almost have, thrown I, out. I think I have seen that. I may have had it. I can't remember, but that sounds familiar to me. So yes, I have seen that. Yeah. And it's delicious. I mean, so I think, yeah, fish are, I think they're the most underutilized. Like we could, there's so much more to the fish that we don't think about. Yeah. Have you ever done gator really before? Yeah, season three. I, I ha in season three I hunt a gator. Um, so y'all will laugh at me. Is <laughs> that <laughs> so you have to watch the gator episode if you're gonna watch any of them. I think it's episode three, I don't remember, but um I catch an eleven foot gator first and I didn't really want that big of one because I hear they're the yeah. guide was saying like, it's not as tasty it used to be like, as a like smaller foot, one. Four or five foot. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I sit my I sit my ass on that gator, freaking get scared, scared my life out of me. <laughs> but it's super funny. And then um, I do catch a like a six foot one. Yeah, and that's the one I that's the one I took and cooked. Um, and I actually oh so speaking, I love this, that you brought up gator. <laughs> gator was like the first time my food has ever fought back, and it uh. was the most insane thing. And you see it all on TV on on my show. Um, so I use the cheeks because the cheeks that, are like freaking turkey it breasts. Best, it is the best meat on a gator. <laughs> yeah. And nobody knows that. I, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell I'm you glad my story you know. You tell me yours. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to use the cheeks. Obviously I did a lot of research into gator and I want to use, I wanted to show a part. Here's, I didn't want to do, here's some gator tail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I use the cheeks, which a lot of people don't know. Like they're the size of turkey breasts. Like they're big. Yeah. And so like, I'm on, I'm on air, I'm cooking I'm we're filming. I have like a camera guy, like he, like, this is my gator breast, right? There's a camera like right here and I can see the camera guy. Right. And then I have like four other cameras across and I get my, <laughs> my gator breast. I just, you know, killed it that evening, like not even maybe an hour and a half before. And I'm cutting into the cheek and it starts moving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. And all I remember is like, I'm trying to keep it together because it's the weirdest feeling. Right. And then, but the cameraman who's looking down on it, he can see the, the, the gator um, cheek moving and he just steps behind the camera. Like, what? and I'm like, oh. and then I keep going. I'm like, Oh my God. Like just, if it feels like a heartbeat, kind yeah. of, you know, and then it twitches and I was just, it was delicious. <laughs> it was, I have never, ever experienced that. So it was pretty awesome. How did you, uh, how did you cook it? I did Korean fried um, gator, but not, it's not like fried. I didn't batter it. It's right. just like a kind of like, like a pan a, fry. Yeah, I did. Okay. But with like a Chinese stir fry meats, Korean flavors. Okay. And so okay. I, I served over a bed of rice. So it was really delicious and I wanted to highlight it in a way that was not Cajun or I just wanted to right. introduce some different flavors to highlight it, but it worked really well. But yeah, that was the first time my food fought back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we, uh, during, I think during the pandemic, uh, it was like 2020, we were cooking a bunch for the first responders and we were doing like a bunch of, you know, pork butt and then making like pulled pork tacos and delivering those yeah. different departments and um, a friend of mine has a restaurant here and they, it's a Cajun restaurant and he gave me a gator to cook and we smoked it. So we just wrapped it in bacon, you know, the whole thing and let yeah. the head on. And um, we really wasn't trying to figure out what we we're going to do with it because we stuffed it with like a, a, a rice dressing and then put like apples, pears, onions yeah. inside of it. Because gator's like so damn lean. It's so lean. It is. There's absolutely yeah. no fat. That's like, why you need the bacon. Yes. <laughs> it yeah, needs because, it. Like, yeah. And so we... We got it out. I was like, okay, what are we going to do with it? We'll smoke it. And then I said, you know what? Let's just pull this whole thing like like we're pulling like meat off the bone of a chicken. And so as we were pulling every single piece, I tried every bit. I'm like, I'm going to try every inch of this gator and see what the best tasting meat is. Because all you ever hear anyone t talk about is gator tail. The tail. And you can get like the little back strap out of it, you know, and it's good. But like the cheek was the most phenomenal meat. And no one knows that. Like I was telling people, yeah. like, it's the best part of it. But we ended up making like a like a mash of sorts, you know, like with the dressing and the meat and mix it all together. And it worked out fine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was the best part on that animal, like, like hands down. And yeah. you just don't see that. Like no one talks no. about it. 
It really is. Yeah. I have like, I'd go gator hunting just for the cheeks again. Yeah. I mean, I would utilize the whole animal, but right. still, <laughs> it yeah. was really good. Well, so tell me how much, so you're in a very, very interesting situation because you're not the one, okay, yes, you do hunt, but you're also the one preparing it too. So a lot of times it's either one or the other, right? It's people who, right. you know, prepare the food after it's been delivered to them or it's the people that are getting the food and then having someone cook it. So like, are you attacked all the time by all this PETA activists and shit? Like, does that happen to you a lot? Yes. Yes. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I have experienced my fair share of vegan hatred, Yeah, um, which is, yeah. I, I, I wish nobody has come to say it to my face, right. right? No, no, no vegan has been like, how dare you to my face? They only hide behind a computer. But the funny thing is, is, you know, this is supposed to be the culture of tolerance, but they don't even want to hear your opinion or why, why you're doing it or what you do. It, it's just, you're just, you're just the devil. And yeah. like, they're lovely individuals. <laughs> <laughs> they say really nice things. Now I just have somebody take care of my social media. So she handles all yeah. of it. And like, I don't have to do it. <laughs> and then, but then a lot of, and then the other thing is it's quite interesting in this industry which being in like the chef world it's a male dominated world and then i get decided to get into like the hunting world too and it's a male dominated world and then and then it's like oh you get attacked by fellow hunters you're like you're not a real hunter what does that even mean (laughs) like i am not is there is is there a level am i a level (laughs) one pro two hunter like what what is this i'm not claiming to be you know this famous hunter yeah. I just like to shoot at my food. Like, <laughs> you know, well, I'm not out there. Like it's really bizarre. I'm like, okay, I'm not a hunter. I, I, I didn't even think about that, but I mean, I could see that happening. Let's you're getting attacked from both sides. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm like, but then home dog will put like, Ooh, I'm a chef in my Instagram bio. And I'm like, you made a casserole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so it's okay for you to be a chef, but I can't say like, I'm a hunter. Got it. Oh man. No logic like, at it, its finest. <laughs> it, no, it's very interesting. It's, well, I mean like the, the vegan side of things is like, I mean, do you understand like what it, like these people, like, it's like, look, and I don't hate on anyone, but like when you, when you, they try to have an argument with you, it's like, do you know how much like devastation of habitat it takes to create what you're consuming? far more than me harvesting one animal and using every bit of it to, 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 you know, to eat and live on, but that you just cannot have that. It's like, they won't have the conversation. No, because <laughs> it's not backed by facts. Like if no. they came at me, if they wanted to have a real conversation with me, I would love to have it on like how hunting creates economies and how it, you know, there's conservation and keeps, keeps uh, animal populations in control. And I use the, I utilize the whole animal versus, but how many Baby deer, snakes, rabbits, mice, rats, rat, you know, everything are killed just to harvest your lettuce. Yeah. But that's, exactly. that's, that's a more number, like that's a, if for one head of lettuce probably kills like more animals than I shoot in a year. Yeah. So, or, you know, five. Like, as the animal gets larger, then there's more care for it. Isn't that interesting, right? So like, yeah, it's a characterization. Or a mouse, it's like, it's not yeah, a big it's deal. Fine. But then if yeah. you kill a rabbit, it's like, okay, that was cute. But then if you kill a deer, it's like, whoa, what are you no. doing? Like, it oh, makes yeah. no sense to me. Why is this animal more important than this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think, I think the U S has kind of characterized animals 
So like like my bear, I got a lot of attacks on my bear, but I'll oh, still yeah, show I was that picture proudly. I was waiting for someone to say I posted that. I was waiting for someone. Yeah, to say I was waiting for it too. Um, <laughs> but it's like it's like what the freaking thing is not Winnie the Pooh. No, and I'm like, but do, I'm like, let's let's talk about bears, vegans. Like, let's have a sit. Let's. Do you know what ba- bears are assholes? Welcome. Yeah. Bears will eat the baby bear so that they can mate with the mom. Yeah. But but hey. They're not like these cuddly creatures that we see on the Disney no. movie that people think they are in the wild. Like, what do you think a bear eats in the wild? It is it a bear a vegetarian? Like, they're no. extremely dominant like, too. I mean, they'll they'll like literally like population control. They're extremely dominant. They'll run all exactly. of the other game out of the area if they're consuming. It, you know, like, and they'll decimate everything because yeah, they're going to eat all the babies first because it's an easy game. So yeah. there's never going to be an adult adult elks because you got bears and it's a it's it's a really interesting um conundrum how we you know it's like idolizing celebrities they're just another human but we characterize these animals it's like they're so cute it's all those damn disney movies from we're growing up that's what yeah i know (laughs) right (laughs) i rewatched bambi the other day like the original bambi because i have my daughter i didn't know there was a new one there's a new one i didn't even know Oh, I don't know. Is there anyone? I don't know. <laughs> but it's, yeah, right. I, know I don't even. I don't I know even know. Original. Like, and it was kind of brutal. I was like, oh my god, this is not doing hunters justice. No. <laughs> the pheasant. He's like all scared. Yeah. What do I do? And he's like, I'm gonna fly. And then he flies and gets shot. You're like, oh. <laughs> there is an agenda on that one, huh? Didn't yeah. he? <laughs> it just was way ahead of the time, I guess. You know. <laughs> it was. But <laughs> and like it's. Well, here's another thing, the hunter side of it, like being attacked by like, that's just hilarious to me because like, honestly, most people who, and I would say this for the majority, I can speak because I'm in that, you know, population, I would think, but most male hunters go out and acquire these, these animals, like they kill them and harvest them or whatever, maybe nine times out of 10, they're not the one preparing them anyways. And if they do, it's something very simplistic. Like we were talking about earlier on, like making some type of casserole or like doing something easy with the ground meat or like doing something with like frying the damn backstrap. Like like, literally that's all I ever hear. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Like I can do so much more shit with that than dumping it in some batter and ruining it. You know what I mean? Make some jerky. Yeah. I guess the most expensive jerky ever. (laughs) It's not not even that good in my opinion, but I I I know I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, but. Well, what about uh what about squirrel? What do you do with that? Um, I actually I hunted squirrel on season three of my show or two of my show as well. And so squirrel is you know, it's not you don't get a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean it takes a lot. So usually I just pan fry it just like I like I did like it's just the easiest way, or you're gonna free it. I mean, it's a lot of work for a lot of meat, like one pound of squirrel meat. You gotta yeah. come back. Well, you're you're working hard because yeah. that's a lot of dang squirrels. Yeah, <laughs> but they're people, good. They're definitely good. Around here, would do like squirrel dumplings. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but like, yeah, they, I've seen that's, it. That's, that's something they do. And then, um, what's another one? Rabbit, rabbits. Oh, I think rabbit is the most. It's delicious. Uh, uh, it's underutilized and yes, underrated. It, like it, it is. is so good. No one you, like. No. Oh, go ahead. And yeah, getting on rabbit. Like I can keep going. Um it's actually one of the most sustainably sustainable animals to farm for the masses, which is really interesting that that we're not doing it. Yeah. So it's, and it's one of the healthiest 
white meats that well, you can get. And they get. reproduce very, I mean, that makes sense. They're exactly. super efficient for reproduction. And we, we use the fur and we use everything. Yeah. So I don't understand like what people, it's because we're characterizing the, yeah. the damn rabbits. And the they're, damn they're, they're so movie. cute and fuzzy. You know, you can't <laughs> eat them and they're actually amazing. They're delicious. They're so good for you. And it's the eco for climate change, whatever. Well, it's and there's, the I know sustainable there's sustainable way. There's certain seasons where you can't consume them too. I know this, there's a few different variants based on like, but you do have like a, in some States, I think you do have a rabbit season. I don't know how that works. Right. I, I've, um, I've killed a few and cooked them during that time years ago. Um, but I was not experienced very well at cooking. So I was limited to what I, what do you do with, what is your favorite thing to do with the rabbit? Braise it. Okay. Just to whole braise it. And then I'll just pick off the meat after. Yeah. But usually like I do, like my favorite rabbit dish is probably like a Moroccan stew where I braise like the whole rabbit in with the vegetables and then take the bones out and then um, peel, uh, shred the meat off and then put it back in. And it's delicious. Love it. What's something that you've done that's completely off the wall that people are like, holy shit, I can't believe she cooked that and it was good. Or that even you thought like, I don't I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to do it anyways and try it out oh, and it turned gosh. out phenomenal not not it was okay but like uh I, I cooked up the axes to your heart in really uh, in camp for my crew for my film crew and everybody kind of thought that was like what are you doing <laughs> but to me it's actually really good muscle that we're kind yeah. of missing out on um i mean the gator that fought back that was <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I didn't, I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was getting into. And that actually really delicious. Um, what else have I cooked? Man, I can't think of anything super strange at the moment. Well, okay. Well, what's your favorite fish? Yeah. Oh, favorite fish. Yes. Uh, All right, let's do it. Let's do a, f- a few different ways. Let's do a few different ways. Okay. So what's your favorite fish to like, maybe, um, where you're just say, okay, we're just utilizing the filet. Yellowtail or okay. even red snapper. And what are you doing with that? Um, red snap, yellowtail. I mean, raw. Right, right. <laughs> uh, if it's red snapper and, you know, something that, that's a really, really red snapper is actually a delicate fish and you can actually, and I love serving it raw, like sashimi style. It's super I've never good. had just it that like, way. I didn't know you could have Oh it. my God. Just do a little bit of soy sauce and um, lemon or lime really? juice and then put jalapenos on there and you're golden. You're really simple. Um, but if I take creme fraiche, if I'm like in a hurry and I, I want to get it and I kind of don't want to like overcook it or anything. So you take creme fraiche, which is the French version of sour cream. You could, you could use sour cream, mix a little Dijon mustard in it and like uh, salt and pepper and maybe a little bit of garlic and then like put the fillets down on a little baking sheet tray and then just cover it in the sour cream and then it let it bake at 350 for, I think it takes like 15 minutes for a snapper fillets and they come out and they're just phenomenal and you have a sauce already. So yeah. it's like so easy, so beautiful. It's so comforting too. Like it's one of my favorites that I like, um, but a lot of fish. I mean, I do love raw, but like grouper heads, ooh, wahoo, yeah. Mahi, I mean, Mahi's oh. one of my favorites. Um, I don't know why. I guess because it's um, it's very hearty, I guess. You know, yeah. I feel like it's like the steak of the ocean. I feel like it's really, yeah, it is. There's a lot it's of a density to it. Cut, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done, I've caught numerous snapper and mackerel and stuff straight off the boat and just grilled them. I've never really done anything crazy with them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that I really enjoy. Like a lot of people, as soon as you say raw are completely turned off, and that's another thing. Like, oh, there's so many people, especially in the wild game, like consumption world. There's so many people. Yeah. Saying, I'm not doing, I'm not touching that shit. You know? I served, I served venison raw on season two of my show. What? I did a, ven- yeah, I did a, um, because axis deer are some are some oh of the best tasting God. deer oh my ever. God, they're so good. Oh my God. And so, and the meat, I oh. feel with an axis cooking, it almost takes away the, the real beauty of the meat. And so I actually made a carpaccio. So I actually just seared it really like super lightly on the outside and sliced it super thin and, and served it over like a bed of arugula with a, like a little vinaigrette and it was raw and it's, but I think that is one of the best ways to highlight such a beautiful meat because you really get all the flavors. And so, yeah, I mean, I eat venison raw. You can make venison tartare. It's not a problem. I'm yeah. going to kill you. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, that does make sense. I haven't thought about that. Axis deer is phenomenal. Um, red deer. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that too. Not yeah. None mm-hmm. of that yet. It's, oh my God. And then elk, of course. Yeah. Uh, so white, white tail is not, I, I love white tail, but like some people just refuse, you know? So like if you can get them into the, you know, game by, you know, kind of right, trickling, right. trickling this in there with these, these higher end, you know? Species, yeah. I really like moose of, meat. Oh, I really oh man. Like so I've only, oh I've God, only had moose. So good. I only had it like one time and it was years ago and it was not cooked, prepared properly or, you oh. know what I mean? It was someone just in the camp house. So like, yeah, what yeah. Do you do, what it, what's, what's your favorite cut of a moose? Well, I've only had it. Um, every time I've gone moose hunting twice and got, didn't have any luck, but when I was in camp, a per, another person brought in moose. So we actually just cooked it there. That was like my first time really cooking. I haven't cooked with it like in a kitchen, but yeah. I've cooked it over an open fire at camp with salt and pepper, but by golly, it was amazing like that meat is just it's so good so i actually cannot wait to get my first third time's a charm third time tell me about this heart (laughs) so tell me about this so you had an excess heart Mm -hmm. so how did that taste uh it you know people are like oh my god what's what is heart gonna taste it it tastes like any other muscle yeah i mean it's just it's a little tougher um so you, you just have to treat it like a tough muscle and just marinate it and kind of break down the fibers so that it's not so because it's constantly being used. So, so it's a like fast a roast, twitch. Like a, like a roast. Yeah. So like, you, okay. you could like put it in the crock pot. A yeah. sous vide does really well. Like a sous vide was probably the best one of the best ways to cook a heart just because um, it's a very, you know, you have to, a good thing for people to know, like when they're butchering was we're going to into fast twitch mus- muscles and slow twitch muscles. So fast twitch muscles are things that are rapidly firing hindquarters and everything like that, like front shoulders, those muscles that are like always on the go versus your back strap is a slow twitch muscle. How yeah. often is the back strap being used on the animal? So it's going to be more tender and not as tough. So, I mean, it's always good to, to, to remember that so you can counteract it in hand, but the heart is like the, the one muscle that never stops. So of course it's going to be, you just, it's going to be a little bit more tough than most but yeah. it's tender at the same time. It's a weird muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had any, but I mean, it's like, it, it, Oh, it's it, really good. It's what kills me when people are like, we, you, you shouldn't consume that. Like, what do you think we have these for? You I know. know I mean? exactly. like, <laughs> we have these for a reason. You know what I mean? It can really kill my, that lettuce. My, uh, my teeth anyways, my canines. But anyways, um, for those who are listening and not watching, but yeah, it's like having that conversation with someone's like, you did not get here without someone consuming meat along the way. <laughs> 
<laughs> like you just I had this I had the same conversation with a, a person about climate change and she's like oh my god climate change is real I'm like uh-huh, I don't doubt that right the earth is always yeah. and she's like no well, you got to take it seriously I'm like okay honey explain the ice ages oh no, wait that was that was climate change yeah oh that's right okay yeah so you mean it's a naturally occurring thing on the planet no, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like she's, she was that, kind of like, what do I say? <laughs> well, we were talking it was like about the it. same thing, like canines, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like you have this kind of like, what are you, are you kidding me? Like we're, our body is built to consume protein that mm-hmm. thus from an animal. I mean, it just is exactly. what it is. Like that is how, this is how we were developed. We didn't slowly over time progress into this. You know, like it's one of those things. Like, to we're extracting protein from peas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to mention costs way more money in, you know, devastating environments. It's just all uh-huh. those things. Like, I, it's like, I cannot believe it's still like at this, which is anything. I can't believe it's still at this point an, a valid argument for someone to have any, you know, any of these things where it's like, okay, look here and look here. Um, I saw you post something the other day and I wanted you to elaborate on it. Um, probably <laughs> yesterday or the day before about the uh, beef versus, you know, venison. Venison. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So um, a, bar- a big part of like, I had a powwow with my like social media coordinator and we were talking and a big, I kind of wanted to lost my mission of why I started. And I wanted to show people the beauty of wild game. But it's not a comparison of beef. There are, I believe we need to highlight factory farming and we have, we can do it differently to make it better. But there's a stigma that red meat is just so bad for you, yeah. you know, and there's this media propaganda that is saying like, we shouldn't eat meat, which I, and, and red meat is bad for you. And it's like, you know, it's manipulating people's minds. And then it's and so, and technically venison is a red meat. So it's just, it's really interesting that people just demonize it and then don't come attack me because I eat venison, but don't attack me when I'm posting a, a burger with yeah. beef. It's the same thing. It's the same. It's the same. It's technically under the category of red meat, but then it's like, but then your your impossible burger is is utterly horrible for you. Yeah. There's, it's not even. There's like a small minority of plants. First of all, what do you think is holding the burger together? Yeah, like lettuce glue. I don't. I don't like. It's it's all these <laughs> chemicals. So it, it's. I, you know, I get a lot of people, uh, I love fitness. And if I post an outfit, if I, people are asking like, what do you do? What supplements do you take? And the funny, this is going back to red meat, I swear. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't take it. Like I eat real food. That's- like, it's, there's no magic pill, but don't eat crap. Like if you can't pronounce the ingredients, maybe you shouldn't be eating it. Yeah. I I'm mean, that's, like, I've had this conversation with numerous uh, fitness professionals. I'm big into the industry and like, um, you know, aside from just, you know, I'll have my thing that I eat every now and then, but more than, you know, 80% of the time it's whole foods and it's mainly mm-hmm. a lot of, lot of meat. Like I would say I'm probably 80% carnivore. Um, <clears throat> but having that conversation like you, anything that's in a box, look, if it does not swim, walk or grow from the ground, I probably don't consume it. You know what I mean? I just don't. If it's like one ingredient, what, yeah. what's, what's your, it's beef. Yeah. It's a carrot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, one ingredient. When you go, when you get into the wheat thing and then you get into gluten and you have these things in the process and like, it's like one of those things where it's the same difference with, um, 
with like the vegan burger or the, you know, veg, whatever you call it, <laughs> the impossible burger. Yeah. And then um, for me, it can, I can get into the whole, I mean, I'm very passionate about our, the quality of our food and that's more of what I want to bring our, my ooh, mission let's talk to about it. and in let's life. Talk about it. Yeah. Because if you look at who I'm going to probably get blacklisted because, you know, if you look at who controls the food system, <laughs> it's big pharma. Yeah, of course. And, like, why aren't not people paying attention to this? Wake up, people. If big pharma is controlling the manufacturer that makes your food and they're giving you the drugs because you're sick. So, the, yeah, call me the conspiracy theorist. theorist. Yeah. So, you're telling me so that food. There's like an insane level of ADHD, especially in children when, and our diets are like the worst in the world. Right. So we have all these, we're making all these artificial chemical laden products, food, they're not even food. It's a product. And then we're getting sick yeah. and then we go to the doctor and then we get medication and then they don't treat you via diet. They don't treat you like, Hey, what are you eating? That's causing this. They treat you with medicine and then you take more medicine and then you go to McDonald's after that doctor's appointment. And then you get your Big Mac and your Coca-Cola and then you still feel like shit and then you need more medicine. It's just, and so it boggles my mind that people are, and we have become so socially accepting of processed foods and we're wondering why we're sick. Well, it's, I think, I feel like it was a big issue in the nineties, you know, because like in, in going to the late eighties and early nineties, like everyone started transitioning to microwavable foods, you know, or, I mean, even starting in the seventies, I guess, but more eighties and nineties, like you, even how I was raised, like you were talking about, like we would have like those little shitty Tostitos pizzas, yes. that, you know, that shit, ugh. You know, or uh, <laughs> or like a TV. Remember TV dinners? I don't even know if this still make. Yes, TV dinner. Oh, oh my god! The little yeah. Mexican ones with the, everything. It was different flavors. Yes, they all the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, <laughs> totally. that, we we started that shit. Like you know, and it's like it's progressively grown. Well, the thing is, is like if you look at, so like now, so if you're someone who eats, and it's hard for okay, it's hard to put this in perspective if someone's consumed those type of foods their entire life. They don't know any difference, but like me, like trying to not eat gluten anymore. Like, but if I every now and then want a pizza and I eat it, I feel absolutely fucking horrible for oh, like me a too. Whole, for a whole day. And like they they link all these things back to like you know, creating inflammation, your body not breaking down this gluten, no. mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And like, but people don't understand it because they've been consuming the same same thing every day. But you're wondering why you're obese. You know, you're having um hyper. You know. Like issues with your heart, hypertension, heart like problems, heart and problems, and it's like they've never done anything. It's chronic that. inflammation. But your like, body right. is basically poisoned inside. Right. It's and they, but they don't know any because they can, it's like because your body anything. can't even break down manufactured gluten, like uh, all-purpose flour. The, right. Your body can't. Your body's like I don't even know what the hell this is. Like what? Yeah. And so it has nothing. It, it, uh, the only thing it can do is put it back into your body as shit like junk like and causes inflammation and that's what your body's trying to get rid of and it takes i forgot how long it takes for your body to actually get rid of it It takes a freaking long time well if you have this conversation with someone who's never had anything other than that type of diet then it's hard for them to they just can't fathom it i guess you know but if you if you've been through a transformation of not you know consuming those things and and if you're within the past you know 40 to 50 years old, you did grow up eating some type of way yep. that way. And it progressively has gotten worse and worse. But like these things we're consuming, just like these fast food restaurants creating these, 
lettuce wrap things, the, the burgers and everything is still pro everything's still processed. It's still pre-prepared. It's not fresh. Like there's no way to scale that. It's just is what it is. Right. They want to be a mm -hmm. multi-billion dollar industry. They have to figure out how to preserve something so it lasts and they can exactly. distribute it. You know, I mean, I understand yeah, the business properties, life. but like the, these people, they want to have the argument where, like it's 100% real meat. Yeah, it is real meat, but it also has things in it that makes it last longer, which is not, should not be ingested into your body. Like, you know, and it's like from a thousand different cows in one patty. You can have meat from a thousand different cows in one damn patty. Yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, you know, like it, it just, it's mind boggling when you get to it. I mean, yeah, but I, it's, I'm a huge, huge advocate. Like if there's anything I could do in this world is just to get people to eat better food, like, and real food. Yeah. I mean, if you food is medicine. Difference. I, I mean, I think that, you know, just like you were saying earlier, the, the big pharma thing versus that you, they're the people that are behind the food industry that are also the people that are getting the, I mean, they're just creating recurring customers. They're, they're oh, creating they're, their own problem. Yeah, they're creating so then you customers. go get the medicate and the exactly. medicine. I mean, anytime, then, if you want to have this business conversation with someone, what do you want to do to scale, create returning clients? That's what they're doing. Exactly. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's regular business practicing, but overall it's, you know, and it's one of those things where like, People are like, well, we live longer now. Yeah, with medicine, but like, it's not, when did the healthy lifestyle stop, right? Like, right. if people get in their 50s and 60s, they're extremely unhealthy, but they're they're using medicine to kind of prolong what's To coming. prolong a, a horrible life. Like, yeah. it's, you're still in pain and you're still having, like, yeah, I mean, it, it it's it's getting, it's, oh my God, I can go for days on the subject. Hey, but yeah, I'm all I mean, about it. I'll, I'll have you it. seen the magic pill on Netflix? Yes. Yes. It's an oh amazing, my docu gosh. amazing documentary. I tell anybody, I'm like, if you could just watch that part where the, the little girl goes off all the, the um, goldfish things and all of her processed foods and she starts eating carrots and she's talking and writing again, yeah. like that right there, should, everybody should be like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, especially parents, because we're, we should not be giving our children all these medications. On the other side it's, of that, it's have you ridiculous. Have you seen Dope Sick? No. Holy shit. You got to watch it. It's on Hulu. Dope okay? Sick? Yeah. Okay. It's on Hulu. Take I'm going to put this you in my phone. So Michael yeah. Keaton stars in it. It's amazing document or docu-series. I guess it's not really a documentary. It's uh, the retelling the story of um, what happened when um, Oxycontin was, the Oxycontin pandemic was, you know, when that was something that blew up. And um, just, you're seeing another side of the pharmaceutical companies there which is crazy. It's a uh -huh. crazy ass show, but it's, it's really, really good. Um, but that just brings, you know, one and, you know, to the other, but yeah, these things yeah. are something that we're battling with. And I don't know, you know, it's like an uphill fight, but the great thing about it is people like you now have a voice, you know what I mean? So that's great. And you're, you're actually, you know, telling people about, here's what you can do with this, you know, don't just harvest an animal and take the back strap and get rid of the rest of right, it. Right. Like, things you can do mm -hmm. with it. And that's one reason why I want to have a conversation with you. I'm like, dude, this is, uh, this is awesome because I have so many closed minded individuals and not, not, you know, nothing negative against them, but like who've been hunting for decades and they just only know how to harvest one thing, one way, prep it one way. That's it. You know, I mean, yeah. I've even, I mean, I've, I probably utilize every bit of the deer aside from the, the organs. I'm not that you know, I'm not the liver king or anything. I can't eat raw organs. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a taste for liver either. Yeah. I'm not, it, it's a, it's hard for me to acquire. Yeah. I've even <laughs> utilized try. rib. I've used utilized the, even the rib meat from a whitetail. Uh -huh. and, oh, know, I think venison that. ribs are like the one, yes. like the, the most fantastic thing that you people just don't even know. They about. waste it. Like, they mean, waste it. Yeah. They're, they're so they good. The, the quarters, the front and hind quarters, mm -hmm. back strap. That's oh it. yeah, venison ribs are the shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. How do you prep good. those? How do you do those? Smoke them on yeah. the Traeger. Yeah. I Hell mean, yeah. low and slow on this. I mean, is there any other way? No. <laughs> that no. Doesn't, no. Doesn't, nothing compares to that. <laughs> I mean, I've smoked, I think this year, I'm, I probably smoked every part of a deer this year. Um, mm-hmm. I love hindquarters. Just throwing one on there, leave it on there for 10 hours. Oh my God. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you just pull yep. it apart. Just pick your, you know, <laughs> I know I served, um, I served the, uh, my axis deer hindquarter to my family. When my oh, sister wow. came out to visit oh. my whole family was here and my mom is not like the venison connoisseur like me. And so I'm like, just trust me, just trust me. And yeah, I smoked it for like 12 hours. It was amazing. Like so good. And even my mom and all the kids were like, Oh my gosh, like give me more. Like, when you're smoking like something like that, do you use using any kind of injection? You do any kind of rub on it? What are you doing there? Um, the access I did not do any injections. If I okay. do, it's usually like a garlic butter because I just want to impart some more moisture. But the access because it's just such a more yeah. delicate, beautiful deer that I kind of just wanted to. I didn't even use. I think I used pecan to smoke that, so I didn't want to do something intense. Yeah. Um like a mosquito or anything. I just kind of really just wanted to highlight it and like compliment it um, in the, in the smoking. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it was pecan. I didn't do a fruit. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was pecan. Anyways. (laughs) Um, And it was delicious. I've done some injection on the whitetail just to give it a different flavor. But I mean, as far as like, you know, doing it, you know, whole with really not much prep to it, you know, doing any type of salt, salt, pepper rub on it, a little bit of injection or something like that. I actually will, will like, if it's hog, I have like oh, a black. We didn't even talk about hog. Holy shit. I know, oh, we I've didn't cooked talk about so hog. much hog. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. My favorite, my freaking everybody's like, oh, what's your favorite? How did I not well, think I have, about hog? Like, I know. We have um I have a lot of rubs that I use actually use in my kitchen in my cookbook. Like my coffee rub, use it for every damn animal possible. Just really? Put that shit on everything. What is that? What's it's in so that? good. Uh coffee espresso, right of course. <laughs> <laughs> um like chili powder um it's just i could you could put it on beef you could put it on venison on venison really? exceptional that's Bird, interesting duck everything and then but like when it comes to like is this your rub yes oh i gotta book. get some i gotta get some from you oh, yeah, so you the recipe's in my book oh, recipe. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay got you yeah got you. Okay. and then uh, i should probably sell you that. should do that you should monetize it <laughs> i know um but wild boar, if I'm like smoking boar or pork or anything, as I call it like a black and white, it's 50-50 ground pepper and kosher salt. And yep. it's, that's that simple. Yep. And that's all I do. And it's phenomenal. And every time, everybody's like, oh my God, what'd you do? Yeah, it's, it's really cosmic, y'all. Yeah. It's, it's just 50% pepper and 50% salt, like equal parts. And it's amazing. I love it. I mean, you have to do it a little bit longer than like a regular pork. I mean, I don't know, it's weird. You got to let the meat break down more because it's, you know, a little yeah. longer, but like, I've done probably three or four hogs this year, um, whole hogs, or even mm-hmm. I think I did some quarters a few times too, but like that stuff makes phenomenal pulled pork, like for tacos. Yeah, and stuff. Oh my it God. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's meant for this. I don't really cook it any other way than on the I don't smoker, think I've, but, I've, I mean, I've I like barbecuing, some, so. I've had done some hog steaks, I think, and like kind of like pork oh, really? crops or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? what's something that, um, what's something that you love to cook that's not like on the wild game side? Like some one of your like go tos, you're making something quick. Um, usual. I'm I eat like a lot of bowls and they eat a lot of salads. So I eat pretty. I try to eat pretty dang healthy. Um, yeah. So you're doing more like are you doing more like protein and vegetables, not so much carbs, or what do you? How do you? 
No, you know, I don't eliminate any food. I don't say, okay. oh my God, I eat, I, eat, I eat like potatoes and the whole, like I eat yeah. carbs. I just try to eat a balanced of healthy meals. Mm-hmm. But what I mean, a go-to, a go-to dishes, like super easy, like chicken thighs and marinate it with harissa and yogurt. And then you cook it all in the pan, just like that. It just I really love Indian food and I'm highly inspired by all my, tra- all my travels. So like that is like probably my easiest go-to because it's just Greek yogurt, harissa and chopped up chicken thighs. You put it in the pan and serve it over rice and it's phenomenal. Like nice. love it. Nice. Yeah. That's like my go-to, but usually it's like always have a batch of like rice and like sweet potatoes and like a protein and a veggie and like another veggie. And I kind of just all mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier that way. <laughs> well, what, what else besides the uh, front facing chef and hunter, what else do you do? What are you interested in? Uh, uh, well, that's awesome. I actually have a whole new website coming out soon, a whole new brand, um, because li- uh, fitness and health are actually huge on my list of what I love to do. And so I'd like to get my personal training certification as well, just so that I can personally know, but uh, I get asked on wilderness table, like what, how do you stay like a lot of this stem from like asking me how I stay in shape? What do I eat on a daily basis? Like, how do I, and I don't take this up. I don't take supplements. There's no magic pill. You eat real food and you exercise like, and vegetables are amazing. And so I kind of, my new little, sites called be sane so sane in french actually means like um happy well and then uh, healthy and then insane in in english means of sound mind mind and body so mm-hmm. that's what my new website is i'm going to be showing all my healthy recipes that i do that i do at home that are super easy like my lattes, I freaking love making like matcha lattes or activated charcoal lattes or turmeric lattes, like freaking love it. So I'll be showing everybody that it just wasn't the great platform for wilderness to tables mission. Yeah. So this will be my whole new people can, because a lot of people ask me, I am gluten free. Like I, eat, if I eat gluten, I look like Buddha. Yeah. Like when did it's you just make the that, belly pops. When did you make that switch? Um, well, actually I, I went to a lot of doctors. So I was born with rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Like I was born with it and they thought it was leukemia when I was a baby, but it was actually RA. So it's a, it's an autoimmune disease. And so autoimmune diseases are very triggered by gluten and infl- inflammation in your body. And so I went for years like being in pain and really not understanding why, like why, how come I can't just feel better? Like why, how do I thought like, this is just how it's going to be. And then, you go to doctors and they just want to put you on medication. And then it just seems to, you just develop something else from a damn medication. <laughs> wow. You're like, great. My knee doesn't hurt, but now like I have a stomach ulcer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, great. This is fantastic. So um, I've kind of studied nutrition a lot, especially in culinary school and everything. And I have, I saw a, like a, not like a holistic doctors, but like, what are, what are they called? A functional nutritionist. Yeah. And they've kind of put me on the right path of learning about how food interacts with my bodies. And I've had like my food sensitivities and, and for, I'd say a good 10 years now, I've kept every symptom of my autoimmune dis- you know, disease at bay. Yeah. And so um, like, I've been able to change my life through it. And so if I could help one person feel better and not have to rely on medication, 
and just eating healthy, then I feel like I'm doing, I did a good job. You know what I mean? Because it is life changing when you change your diet. Yeah. It's, and it's something, so it's so funny too. I probably made the switch 10 years ago or so as well. Um, just from noticing it and being in the fitness industry and doing like, I, you know, fault, you know, I had to cut weight before and, you know, so changing my diet there and then realizing that this was something that when I ate after I'd had a clean diet for weeks on end to cut weight for a fight that I was like, I put it back in and I felt like shit. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, something's to this. And then I quit cut get dairy out. I mean, I still eat cheese, but like, I cannot do like real milk. Me too. It's just, oh, I can't do it either. I don't do that. It'll tear me in two. Oh yeah. Like whole ice cream too. Like, oh my God, I love it. But I'm like, yeah, but certain cheeses are better because they're made, but like hard cheeses, no problem. I do eat a lot of goat cheese, but I just freaking love cheese though. Yeah. So So if it's a really good dish, I'm like, okay, I'm going to slightly suffer for this, but yeah, I ain't drinking glasses of milk. I will just. I will not yeah. be a happy camper. Yeah. Ugh, no, but I mean, it's one of those things where until you get off of it, you don't realize it's causing issues. And then you circle back to it and you're like, holy shit. Okay. If that made me to feel this type of way instantly after consuming it. Okay. Something's fucking wrong. Right. Well, right. And, and you're talking about like, like it's always the, like literally we have been given the guide. I mean, yeah, the, the uh, food pyramid was extremely off beat there for a while, but like still yep. it's like, you know, consuming whole foods and, you know, these things are going to make you feel better, but people still, I mean, the solution is very simple, but I feel like always the simplest things are the hardest thing to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And everybody wants it quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Because it's, it's yeah. easier to go to McDonald's and get your food now yeah. than actually take 10, 15 well, minutes to what I hate, 20 to make a meal. What I hate is the, oh, it pisses me off. It's like, well, I had a burger, but I didn't eat the bun. It's still fucking horrible food. <laughs> still horrible food don't eat it like if it isn't do not eat it like don't <laughs> these people yeah. are like i'm on keto i'm gonna eat a burger patty from the fast food i'm like dude man don't do that yeah i mean there's you know there's definitely healthier alternatives that you can do it is hard it's definitely hard because i mean i i freaking like listen to podcasts all the time and i'm like fascinated by like how our food um processed food actually in like affects our brain. And so now the food is wiring us to crave fat and salt and you have to, and you have, it's like, you have to get and sugar. We have to withdraw. You know, it's insane to me. Like I'm really into CrossFit really hard right now. So like if I have an amazing, phenomenal, crazy ass workout where I feel like I'm going to die afterwards, I don't crave a pie. I crave fruit. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I need to Mm -hmm. replenish my body with some type of sugar but like, that's something that's natural, you know, it's right. so crazy to me. I've noticed that here lately that I'm like, I crave fruit really bad. Like right after, and like, I'm not, a, mm-hmm. I mean, I eat fruit, but like, I don't eat it a lot, but right after then it's like my body. But please show me a person who's obese from eating strawberries and banana, like fruit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't eat fruit. It's too high in sugar. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, I mean, one apple, you're pretty damn full after yeah. one apple. Like, you know, like, like but tell sugar. me who's, who got fat off after eating a shit ton of fruit. No, nobody. Where is that person? <laughs> now, if that was paired with Twinkies and shit. I'll yeah, probably right. get Instagram yeah. messages now. Hey, oh, my God. My aunt point. got fat by eating bananas. Be, yeah. I, yeah. Like, <laughs> what else was she eating? Exactly. Oh, gosh. Well, look, we're about to have to wrap up here. Um, Are there any last uh, 
we need to do this again because we don't have enough time. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any last like plugs or anything? Anything you want to share? Any shout outs? Anything you have coming up? What's your cookbook? Where can we get that at? Tell me all the things. Um, I have two cookbooks, the Complete Wild Game Cookbook and the Easy Venison okay. Cookbook. You can get those um, on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. And then right now, we season two is on Carbon TV and you can also find it on my website and a whole bunch of and Make Ready TV and other areas. But season three, stay tuned. It's in pre-production. So hopefully we're awesome. going to be even better than season two, but definitely go watch the alligator one. You'll freaking laugh. At me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I had a great it time. It was so today. great chatting with you today. All right. See you. Okay, bye.